Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Presented by Realtor.com, the home of home search. All right, everybody. Welcome to Warriors Wrap-Up, brought to you by Realtor.com, your home for all Warriors information, the Golden State Warriors hammer the Phoenix Suns tonight, 123-103, and it was really a a get-well game for the Golden State Warriors. You know, they've had three fairly competitive games. If you look at Oklahoma City, Utah, and Denver, they came out early tonight, established control, and basically rolled from there against a young team that, at times, Guru seemed overmatched. Uh, But the Warriors, they did everything they needed to do tonight. Solid performance, win by 20, and now they play Washington on Wednesday. Yeah, if this were a title fight, this would be a TKO, Stani. Warriors came out, knocked them out. I thought the game was over after the first quarter, but I was shocked. You mentioned young Phoenix Suns. Was it just me or they didn't get back on defense early on? Warriors were pushing the pace. Yeah, I mean, I I thought early in the game the Warriors probably scored six of their Good first uh, eight buckets by dunk on a fast break. Uh, Damian Jones, I thought, was the, was the key to the start tonight. I, I felt Man. like, and this is where I think the Warriors are ahead of a lot of other teams. They know that the Suns have a coveted rookie at center, DeAndre Ayton. And the Warriors have four All-Stars and Damian Jones, who's a third-year player, but really – in essence, is a rookie this season. And it was almost as if the Warriors went out of their way to spoon-feed Damian Jones some early buckets to get him some confidence. And not only that, but to kind of put Aiton back on his heels a little bit. Uh, when, when the Warriors run that pick-and-roll with Damian Jones and one of their guards, if you're a rookie center, I mean, that is a very difficult play to defend and what we saw was Damian Jones get a few dunks off that play, and it really got the Warriors going. I think, I think the Warriors enjoy uh, getting Damian Jones going early in a game, just like they did with with Bogut back in the day, with JaVale McGee here and there. Uh, that's what the Warriors like to do. Yeah, speaking of McGee, Stiney, I think young Damian Jones is building up a fan base and, and quickly becoming a fan favorite. But the thing about it to me is when they give him the ball, he's got strong claws. You know, there is no fumble-bumble with the ball. He gets it and goes up with it, and they reward the young fella. 888-957-9570 is the number for the Warriors wrap-up show if you want to get in and talk about this one or any of the Warriors' first four games. Feel free to do so. Daryl and I will be here for the next hour here at the Crown Royal Club as people begin to file out of the arena. Uh, the Warriors playing their first back-to-back of the season. They win it by 20. you got to like the start they had at home, even considering... Uh, the opponent 
But factoring in more that they flew in from Denver last night, they probably couldn't have asked for a better start than they got uh, tonight, leading by nine after the first quarter. Yeah, and Stephen Curry logged 29 minutes, but also 29 points, Tiny. This guy is on fire. I know it's four games, but it's special to watch what he's doing. Uh, He broke his own record through four games of 21 threes. Tonight he eclipsed that, hit his 22nd, and I just think he's setting the pace while other guys, you know, KD had 22 tonight. Clay uh, hit some shots. But this gives them time, you know, to, to round into form because Steph, is he's leading it. The Warriors shot 38% from three-point range tonight. That's more like their normal percentage during the season. Clay Thompson, one of six. So he didn't really break through from three-point range, but he finished six for 14, and he was knocking down the mid-range which was, quite frankly, automatic for him, the mid-range tonight. Uh, Curry, 6 for 13. But, you know, Jonas Jerebko now has given the Warriors a couple things in a couple games. And I I wasn't seeing it when the Warriors got Jerebko. I, I didn't really know where he was going to where he was gonna help. He's kind of a um, jack-of-all-trades, a master of none. But that might be what this team needs. He can step out and he makes threes when he gets open shots. He's a smart defender. He really does seem to be the guy they wanted Caspi to be last year, but Caspi just never grew into that role. Yeah, and what I'm getting from him, the vibe, Steiny, is that this is the easiest basketball he's ever played with these group of guys. No slight on the other teams, Utah, that he's played on. But I feel like he knows this is an opportunity. They need a guy like him, and he's stepping up, and he's playing with confidence. And I mentioned Damian Jones becoming a fan favorite. Right behind that, uh, behind him, is Jarebko. He can do no wrong right now, Steiny, and he's hitting a three ball. Well, Drebko, of course, with a game winner in Utah, that'll endear you to the home fans in a big way. And I'm looking at the Golden State Warriors, and I think the best thing tonight, the best piece of news is no starter played over 30 minutes. So in the first three games, Steve Kerr was relying heavily on the starters. We saw a lot of those guys with minutes in the high 30s. I think that's, that's more than Steve Kerr wants. And tonight... Nobody played over 30 minutes, and everybody got on, uh, got some playing time. Even Jacob Evans, he got your eight minutes, which you wanted before the game. Yeah, and he and actually scratched, too. He scored the bucket. But, Stiney, before the game, I told you and J.D., 10 turnovers. I, you know, that, that was set a little high, but, damn, they came in at 14, so they protected the ball. And you look at the score, that's what happens when you do that. Well, and also, Goo, they uh, – 35 assists. They Their assists have been a little bit down in the first three games. So this was far more uh, a usual Warriors game. 35 assists, 14 turnovers. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up. It's brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. And, Guru, I want to talk a little bit about, about the Phoenix Suns, but I want, I want to be careful here okay. because – I'm ready. I, I don't want to – I don't want to – denigrate some of these young players but i i wonder sometimes i'm looking at ayton and i'm looking at devin booker and josh jackson didn't play much tonight 19 minutes and i'm just wondering if i'm not saying they're not talented but at some point they're gonna and i realize ayton's played four games but at some point they're gonna have to play more meaningful games i mean 
I may be being too critical, but I'm looking at Devin Booker tonight. He's got 28 points. Aiton's got 20 and 14. Neither of them were a factor. They, they didn't score any points in a meaningful way that kept their team in the ball game. They didn't make plays at the moment when the Warriors gained separation. And, again, Clay Thompson, we, I, I can't say enough about the guy. Six for 14, misses five of, of six three-pointers. But look at the turnovers for Devin Booker. Nine turnovers. He... he, he and that's Clay Thompson. I mean, that's Clay Thompson taking on the challenge for a big part of the night and just defending Devin Booker. And if Devin Booker's going to turn the ball over nine times, I was shocked. You're you're not going to you're not going to beat the Golden State Warriors. But Stani, I won't even talk about the uh the head coach, but it, I felt like they didn't have a plan. TJ Warren, I don't know why he's not starting because I look at Ariza, he looks and I know it, it's one game, Stoney. He looked like an old veteran just collecting the check. There, there was nothing about his game tonight that showed me he, he cared. Ryan Anderson, on top of that, they, I just felt like they were just going through the motions, and Phoenix is lost right now, and they don't have a plan. And when you don't have a plan, I don't know how they beat Dallas. When you don't have a plan, Stoney, you get embarrassed like this, and you're right. Uh, those numbers were hollow for uh, Devin Booker. I was shocked at the pressure and how he turned the ball over. 888-957-957 is the, is the number. Let's go hear from the fans. Brought to you by Nation's Giant Hamburgers, the best since 1952. The game is over, and now we want to hear from you. Time for our From the Fans segment, brought to you by Nation's Giant Hamburgers, the best since 1952. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go to our main man, Antonio. Antonio's in Oakland. What's going on, Antonio? How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, man. Just a, a great victory, bounce back game. You know, from yesterday, you know, the Warriors established himself with tremendous depth. But, you know, at least you know, Drexel, you know, did. Did more than what uh, Caspi seemed to do last year. You know, this, this guy fits right in. Even on defense, he actually has a little sneaky defense. You know, defense. You know, team team defender wise, and you know, just one on one wise. You know, and Clay Thompson when his jump shot's not going in, you know, he will lock up the other guy. You know, so he did tonight. Devin Booker. You know, Devin Booker. You know, uh, had his point, but it didn't really seem like it. But exactly. You know, uh, what do you, What do you think, Aiton? Hey, no, no, he's been pretty good. But uh, Damian Jones actually went mano a mano with him. Like he, he just, exactly. Oh man, this guy's a number one pick. He, he just manned up with him. You know, no intimidation. You know. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think Damian Jones. Uh, and thanks for the call, Antonio. As always, I think Damian Jones was was ready to go tonight. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I mean, I'm looking. See, I'm with, maybe I'm crazy. All right, maybe I don't. I don't know. I'm rubbing off on you, Stani. DeAndre Ayton, twenty points, fourteen rebounds. He had five assists. Okay, okay. I, I guess you can look if you're a seven footer in the NBA and you play twenty five minutes. If you don't get ten points okay. and ten rebounds by accident, 
something's wrong. And there were a couple of times he got matched up on small guards and didn't do what I call the version of Shaquille O'Neal and use that button, back him down, and score. He's pretty light, actually. Can you fix not having good hands? I'm not saying he has bad hands, but unlike Damian Jones, Tiny, I was disappointed that he couldn't claw that ball. He was fumbling the ball. Can you improve that or is that just part of your DNA? I don't think you can improve it. I think you either have good hands or you have mm. or you have bad hands. Uh, I don't I, know. I, I don't see. I haven't seen enough of him. All right. um, you know, I'm a, you got to be a little encouraged by a guy who has five assists. But I don't remember five assists. I remember one kick out to the corner that got him one assist, but it's not like he's a um, he's a low post center that you can kind of run your offense through and then he can deliver the ball. I mean, you, you look at the way Jokic played last night and they go to him all the time. They run it through him. And he can make plays for others and he can uh, find open players. We'll see about eight. Now, I'm not going to give up on him, but he's got to be a little more impactful. Am I too uh, maybe hard that's on asking, Maybe it's asking too much for a rookie. Maybe I'm being too hard no, on him. No, I mean, he came with a big fanfare. This is right, he, he, Hey, he gets to walk out of the arena tonight with 20, 14, yeah. and 5, and hey, I mean, that's going to get you the rookie of the year, even though gotcha. I, I can't really remember uh, a, a lot of his game tonight. I mean, I, I know what he, he had at halftime. I mean, he dunked a few and yeah. he, he got some rebounds, uh, but you know, I, I I don't know. All right, let's uh, let's go to our play of the game, brought to you by Putnam Auto. Visit Putnam Cadillac Chevrolet Buick GMC in Burlingame, featuring the all new XT4 crossover SUV, or visit putnamgm.com. It's time for the play of the game. He got it! Tune in tomorrow morning to Steinmetz and Guru at 10.30 for your chance to win $100. Now, here's the play of the game. Curry has it. Nice crossover. Gets past Kane and Eurostep. Throws it left wing for Draymond Green. Back to Curry for three. It's good. Oh, Steph Curry putting on a display there. All right, so that's your play of the game brought to you by Putnam Auto. Remember, tune in tomorrow at 10.30 for a chance to win $100. All you got to do is tell Guru and I what the play of the game was, and it was just that Curry crossover, which turned into a three-pointer. You say that tomorrow at 10.30, we'll give you $100. So there you go. Now, about Steph Curry, Stani, and I I don't want you to think I'm reacting to the numbers because he's been fantastic. The numbers show that. He says he didn't do much in the offseason. Are you seeing anything different from Steph Curry and why he's off to this fast start? Because I don't know, I don't want to use the word motivation, but there just seems like there's like there's a message being sent with this play and the fact that he's ready out the gate. I mean Am I reading too much into it? I don't know. I mean, I you know, he's playing well. I I don't remember Curry ever getting off to terrible starts. I know that that in the past, sometimes the first month or two of the season is shooting for three-point range was maybe in the 35 to 37 range, but he always gets it over uh, over 40%. You know, I wonder how much of it is Curry maybe knowing that Clay's not playing well. I wonder how much of it is Curry 
maybe realizing the bench right now isn't where it needs to be. Uh, but right now, obviously, Steph Curry's playing extremely well, and, and, and the Warriors are 3-1. and one. Curry's playing better than the team, let's put it that way. Yeah, no doubt. And this reminded me of back 15-16 where they have a blowout in the in the stars. This is what you want yeah, exactly. on the bench with ice on the knees. That, they need more of these games. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and Draymond Green tonight, 27 and a half minutes. He had a uh, real quiet game for Draymond tonight. Five points, five rebounds. But he always finds a way to do other things. Eight assists, four steals. Four steals uh, for Draymond Green tonight. Uh, Damian Jones, though, I thought was the big story in the game. He got the Warriors off to a very good start. Uh, Kevon Looney came in. He wasn't as effective as he's normally been. Foul trouble got him into a little uh, into a little bit of a bad spot. But then we saw Jordan Bell play nine minutes uh, at the very end. So Steve Kerr got to use his three centers, which he said is going to be part of the future. All right, you are listening to the Warriors Wrap-Up, brought to you by Realtor.com, your home for all Warriors information. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Matt Steinmetz and Daryl the Guru Johnson with you on the Warriors Wrap-Up, brought to you by Realtor.com, your home of the home search. The Warriors beat the Phoenix Suns tonight, 123-103. Steph Curry led the way with uh, 29 points. Kevin Durant with 22. And no Warrior player played more than 30 minutes. So it was one of those games that Steve Kerr obviously relishes. And I think Golden State Warrior fans do also. If there was one piece of... Of, of news that's a little bit troubling, although we'll find out how much. Uh, Clay Thompson tweaked his ankle in the third quarter of the game. He was uh, making a play on Devin Booker as Devin Booker was driving. He fell a little bit awkwardly. He limped up and down the court for a couple possessions, and then Steve Kerr got him out of the game. Uh, doesn't look like it's anything too serious, uh, but... You never know with an ankle, Guru. Yeah, and they got a game against a fast Washington Wizards team uh, here at home Wednesday. So you definitely want to follow up uh, this game and this win, um, you know, with all your guys. So let's hope he doesn't miss that one. You know, the one thing that that may become a problem. All right, I'm doing some tongue-in-cheek here. But uh, before the game, we got good news on DeMarcus Cousins. He's going to start ramping up his – workouts just a little bit he's still not going to scrimmage but he's going to do some uh some controlled drills is what they call them some two-on-two stuff maybe some five-on-zero stuff you think he's going to be able to get playing time you think he can beat out damian jones oh i thought you, you must think have he saw can... jd and i on his nah, facebook can... live i mean he's i mean he he's might won't... have trouble getting on the court with the way looney and damian jones are playing and i tell you what i feel like damian jones can control if they feed you know, and how they bring DeMarcus back. I mean, the way he's playing and the way they're playing going through him in regard to the offense, Tiny, I think we see DeMarcus Cousins, rightfully so, come back on a minute restriction, not starting. But if they were desperate and, that you know, things weren't going as well, then you put Cousins in there to try to give your team a jolt. But right now they're not skipping a beat. And the young fella, as I call him, is holding it down. 
All right, let's uh, let's hear from Steph Curry at the post game podium. He's talking about how the Warriors were on offense tonight. Uh, definitely progress. We understand what it, the keys to our success are, and when we don't do them, we make the game extremely tough. Give the other team life in terms of uh, more possessions and things like that. But I think it started. There's a better flow to the game in the first half or first quarter because we didn't foul, and uh, whether they made or missed, we were getting the ball and running. You know, we called some plays, but we executed. But the game just had a better flow. So all those things combined helped us, uh, you know, get out to that big lead. Steph, I don't know whether you saw this stat already or not, but you and your dad with 29 tonight passed Dolph and Danny Shays on the father-son list in the league. Now you're just behind Kobe and his dad. What is the task? <laughs> what What does it mean for you to be on that list uh, with your dad? And, and moving, obviously, the way you are up to the top. I mean, it's pretty special. Um, no, my dad did in his career for 16 years, and um, just him passing the torch, you know, to me. And uh, I'm going to try to talk to the rules committee and see if we can get Seth Curry's numbers in there too. <laughs> nice. Power, strength, and numbers right there. <laughs> see if we can catch Coven, his dad. Hey Steph, what's the uh, Damian Jones lob experience like so far? I mean, he's a threat, and that's we, like we said, we, we've tried to open that up for him in terms of him setting screens or seeing openings and getting to the basket. It's on us to throw it where he can catch it, which it's a big, big uh, wide net up there. But uh, it's all about timing and just continue to look for it, putting pressure on defenses at the rim, and then that opens up other things. So. Um, he surprised you a couple of times with how high you get, so for sure. After all the crying about the lack of threes tonight, you guys put up, I think, 37, 38. Uh, you had six different guys that made three-pointers tonight. Um, how much of that is a product of just you guys getting into the offense that you like to play the rhythm and the, and the, and the flow off of the offense? I mean, a lot of it, I think if you think about some of the shots that, you know, that we've had from three-point line the first three games, Kind of probably besides my, you know, off the dribble stuff, they were they were tougher shots. Uh, I would say 33 of the 37 were great looks, and um, if you can create those over time, when guys continue to build their rhythm, our percentages will go up, and uh, it'll be the threat that we want it to be. So, uh, I, know, I know Clay, KD, even Draymond, you know, getting his looks. Guys off the bench, Andre, Alfonso knocking one down, Jonas too, so or Yunus. Um, so we uh, that's going to be a threat for us for sure. Steph, uh, Devin just said that it looked like they were the ones coming off the back-to-back instead of the way you guys scored in transition on them. Where'd you guys get that energy from after uh, after after playing at Denver to be able to run like that tonight? This is the NBA. Everybody has back-to-backs and. They can't let that be an excuse for a lack of effort. Obviously, you know, come out the flight last night and how guys' game days are maybe a little different, whatever. But we've been around the block enough to know how to prepare ourselves for the game. And uh, we didn't like the way that we played last night, so we had that fresh in our memory. And a big factor for us, <clears throat> for our uh, consistent success year after year, is you know, trying not to lose two in a row um, and protecting home court. So we mentioned that before the game that those two. Objectives are right in front of us, and you know, we, we came out with a, with a great effort. 
Steph, uh, pace is up across the league. Um, you guys are usually the ones pushing the pace, and now maybe you're a little bit behind them. Have you noticed a difference at all on the court? I mean, I just noticed the points. I mean, look at the game we were just watching. It's 140 to whatever. So I don't know if that's the way that's officiated or guys or you know teams stacking rosters with you know faster, more versatile guys uh, for more consistent parts of the game. I, I really don't know exactly what the what the uh, the cause is, but it's great for the offensive minded guys. <laughs> All right, Steph Curry talking about the higher scoring games wow. this year. Not exactly sure why. I think basically it comes down to teams are making a concerted effort to play that way. I think that's one of the reasons. I also do think the officiating, at least early in the season, has been called maybe a little bit closer, which is sending guys to the foul line a little bit more. And it obviously stops the clock. I'd like to see maybe some stats on the new shot clock uh, rule after misses when you get an offensive rebound. Mm. Uh, When that just resets to 14 instead of 24, that might be a bucket or two uh, a game on each side. But I do think that it's it's, it's a league that's trying to play like this. I think more teams than not now would like to play an up-tempo type of ball game. And the game he was referencing, Stani, was the Spurs beating the Lakers in OT, 143-142. to 142. That's the old Doug Moe Denver Nuggets. Man, that's a lot of points is all that I'm saying. Same players, just a lot of points. Well, and that's why the more points you have, the more possessions you have, the more rebounds you're going to have, the more assists you're going to have, and it's why you can't always rely on on some of these numbers because Mm. they turn out to be quite hollow. When you score 143 points, you know what? Someone's going to score a lot of points. And the player might not even be that great who scores a lot of points. But we'll see. All right, we come back. We are going to be joined by John Dickinson. Uh, He is just emerging from the locker room downstairs. And we'll also hear from Damian Jones and Steve Kerr. And we'll get an update from one of those three on Clay Thompson's ankle. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up, and we are brought to you by Realtor.com, your home of the home search. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Matt Steinmetz, Daryl the Guru Johnson, and now we are joined by 95.7 The Game reporter John Dickinson. You're listening to the Warriors wrap-up. And here I'm going to get it right. Brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Uh, J.D., I want to start out by uh, just saying the Warriors, a 20-point win. Give me give me. What's going on in the locker room after a after a 20-point win against Phoenix? Well, it was actually an incredibly cool scene because Steve Kerr came out for his normal post-game press conference, and that wrapped up relatively quickly. And then, you know, Raymond Ritter, he says, well, we're going to have Steph in here, and, you know, he'll usually list the players that are going to come into the interview room. And he said that Curry was going to be coming into the interview room relatively quickly after 
Coach Kerr. So usually there would be maybe a flood toward the locker room, and then maybe if Curry's coming back to the podium at some point, everybody in the media would kind of flood back. Well, so everybody kind of hung in the media, in the room, in the press waiting conference room, waiting for Curry for a couple of minutes. And Curry's not coming for about two, three, four minutes. And finally, it's like, oh, it, you got to go in the locker room because right. you got to see, you know, just what's going on in the locker room. So you get in the locker room, and practically the whole team is gathered around with media members now walking in, and everybody's watching the Lakers-Spurs game. And you've got Kevin Durant watching it as he's, you know, he's like in a towel, you know, getting dressed, and Stephen Curry was put together ready to go in the interview room. But the reason Curry wasn't going in the interview room is because he wanted to see how the Spurs-Lakers game was going to end up. And Draymond was getting dressed on the other side. And he walks up, and it's this scene of essentially the entire Warriors team at their lockers looking at the television with a huge group of media members, and everybody just watched the last four minutes of the Lakers-Spurs game, and guys are commenting on moves and plays and shots. I mean, Stephen Curry's talking about the the, the play that the Lakers are probably going to run to get LeBron right. James the, the final shot as James wound up missing. He missed a couple of free throws. Oh. There were all kinds of wild call, you know, calls back and forth, but it was just – it was a cool, different scene – to just see a group of guys that really you, – you can tell in that setting how much they just love watching the game. They love watching their peers. Now, explain explain to listeners what the what the locker room setup is. I mean, they have, they have a number of big screens. They have one big screen where everybody can kind of see it from their own locker yeah, and they're gathered around in a tight group. It's, or, one, it's one big screen, and the, the lockers are, you know, around the, so everybody the, the can outer see walls. So gotcha. everybody can kind of see it. But, you know, Kevin Durant kind of – of move closer and then the, the group of media kind of made a little bit of a semicircle, you know kind of watching it so everybody's just in there watching the game as basketball junkies so I, I just i thought it was just unbelievably cool for as many times as fans or as many times as we all watch games right and great games and we react and sometimes we're all texting each other you know if there's a great game going on there's been a handful of really good games and that first, was one tonight the first week of the season the, the warriors jazz game obviously fell in that category sure. but just the, the experience of being in an nba locker room with a group of guys that had just won a game and they were just locked in to the pure entertainment value of another great basketball game and everything that was going on. And LeBron misses a couple of free throws, and you know Patty Mills hit a hit the game winner. What, what wound up? Being I, yeah, the, I didn't. I didn't. I saw that the Spurs won. I didn't get a chance to see anything that happened late. And, but and there were all kinds like of things a, going uh, on. Lakers choked. They were all well. Lake, see, yeah. Guru, and yeah, again, I we don't, don't like that word. He does well, <laughs> but you didn't. The Lakers were down okay. majority of the game. So, like, if, you know, you watch a game and you go, well, who, you know, you, you look at the majority of the game and you go, who controlled the game for yes. the whole game? Well, the Spurs controlled the game. They had an eight-point lead. Lakers With a minute ten, And I saw. the Lakers went on an 8-0 run. LeBron hit a three-forced overtime. But then the Lakers had a lead, I think it was four or five points in the final minute yeah. and a half, two minutes of overtime. And the Spurs wound up coming back. LeBron missed a couple of free throws. Anyway, it's it, it's not. So San Antonio choked before the Lakers choked. There you go. Something like that. All right. But anyway, it was very cool. Not to get into all the minutiae about that game in particular. Sure. That, but it was just really cool to see th- this Warriors team and almost just get to see how they react Compared to how we and everybody yeah. else react, so well, it was just it was kind of different. Well, the the story I have 
kind of like that, although different, was, believe it or not, back in 1997. Uh, the Warriors playing at, at, uh, in San Jose that year. Yeah. But it was the year that Tiger Woods won the Masters, I believe, by about 16 or 18 strokes. It was a complete blowout. Yeah. And the Warriors were play- and they were all gathered around to watch the last couple holes because it was a 7.30 game, which meant the tournament was probably ending at 4.35 o'clock when everybody was in there. And everybody was just watching that. It's, it is kind of cool to see pro athletes engaged in watching other pro athletes because you really get to hear what they're thinking about the games that you watch all the time. Yeah, and there were some jokes flying around and, and you know, things that we'll, we'll leave <laughs> sure. in the locker the room. Record, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll leave uh, in the locker room, but I don't think anybody will mind sharing, you know, just the general. I mean, it was mm-hmm. just the, you got Draymond and Curry on one end and, and Durant. You know, Durant was – he was locked in. I mean, he was loving every second of it. All right, let's uh, – Clay Thompson, uh, he, got, he got banged up. He tweaked an ankle in the, in the third quarter. Uh, what what uh, what was said about that afterwards? Yeah, n- nothing too serious. And yeah, he went into the locker room in the third quarter, and, and we all kind of wondered. I think at one point I I texted you, to, you know, is Clay on the bench? Because I couldn't really tell. And and you you had the play detailed. Uh, nothing too serious though. Uh, Steve Kerr said that that Clay had told him right before he came into the press conference that he could have. He could have come back into the game if if need be. So I, I would okay. say that puts him in good standing potentially for Wednesday when when the Wizards are in here. Now, remember, this is the second game of a back-to-back tonight. The yeah. Warriors in Denver last night. So they're off tomorrow completely. And then they'll have a shoot-around uh, at their practice facility on, on Wednesday morning before that game here on Wednesday night. But all, all told, good news on Clay Thompson. And I think bigger picture – Good news for the Warriors in that they've been playing a lot of guys a yeah, lot of minutes. For sure. Among the regulars. And you've seen Steve Kerr early in the year kind of dial back the rotation somewhat. You know, lock it in almost like a playoff rotation in some ways. And tonight, by virtue of this game turning into a blowout, it was the first, all right, everybody's getting the fourth quarter off night of the year. And, and honestly, if you had to pick one night out of the first four for it to happen – this is the night that you would probably pick after going pretty hard at the game in Utah and the game in Denver uh, the last couple of nights. Now, through four games, the story's been, to me, young Damian Jones and the growth and and just seeing how strong he is and how they're utilizing him. But the other story, J.D., and I don't want to overreact. I'm trying to pace myself. It's early, but Stani just talked about Tiger Woods. Have you seen Steph Curry in a zone like this early in the season? Tonight he broke a record from three for having 22 through four games. It was his own record of 21. He just seems to be in a zone right now, like a good place. And he's carrying this team. Have you seen it before, and are you surprised? He looks as good as he's looked at the beginning of a season that we can remember. Steiny, I always give you a hard time because we do – NBA this week, and it's now Warriors this week on right. Saturdays, and and I and I I just I have it etched in my memory all the times we'd be getting ready to do a show, and you'd you'd have Curry's you know three point percentage up you know in December right. or even January. Remember he used to and, get and off you'd the say, boy, he's not he's going to have some something to make up. Right. Yeah, you know he's thirty seven percent, thirty eight percent, you know whatever it is. I would say I used that anecdote uh, earlier today. You're absolutely right. He. I want to say his first four or five years in the league, he probably went into the new year under 40% 
in each of his first four years or well, something and like I, that. Forgive me, I can't remember the exact number, but remember he missed most of December last year with an ankle. I think he went out the first week of December. He came back, I want to say December 30th, or 29th or 30th was his first game back. I think they had a back-to-back uh, here where they had consecutive games here. But he came back, and if you remember his first game back, I think his percentage went from 38-something to 40 like right, like he got it right above forty in there one you go. night. I mean, one of the, one nine for twelve will do it. Like you like know what I was, mean. Like he was <laughs> stewing on the fact that he had to look at that percentage to be so low in the thirties for so long. He he just knocked it all out in one night. But inevitably, I'd say to you exactly that. Matt, I would say, well, you know, he's he's going to have a month where he's going to shoot 55%. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to look up at the end of the year and it's going to look. But this is the opposite. It's not happening that way this year. He's he's getting after it right from the jump. And see, this is where I, I sometimes have a problem with the Warriors' uh, PR department. Uh-oh. Uh, so is it really a record that Steph Curry's got 22 threes in four games? Or, it's, or is it more notable? It's a notable, really. It's a record. Okay, I mean, I guess it's a record. Isn't it a record if it isn't it technically a record if it's number one? If it's concocted, <laughs> what's a record for five? I, I you, now you got to go five, six, seven, eight, all the way. Well, up. I'm sure they're going. Well, to. Yeah, we'll find, find out. out. Huh? We got to play those games. These guys work too hard for these stats. Well, <laughs> we we got Raven Ritter up here. That's why we're giving him a little grief. He's the best in the business. We we all know that. Uh, but no, so you, I think you guys are right on the money. He's in his uh, own. Steph man. Curry is is off to a very very good start. And I was worried about the wing depth, but I'm a, I'm gonna just say this: Jarebko looks like he's playing himself. JD into a fan favorite, but also that tip in has given him some confidence to where he feels like he's a part of this team. A long uh, wingspan. I mean, this dude can be a factor moving forward if he can keep that confidence. Yeah, and I, I actually asked him in the locker room. I said, hey, did you feel you needed to get off to a, a good start based on the way the preseason went and even maybe have a signature moment? And I just wanted to see how he reacted to it. And he said, well, no, maybe not so much a signature moment like the tip-in, right. something you can't plan for in, in a game in Salt Lake City. But he said he definitely wanted to get off to a better start in the regular season. You know, some guys just aren't yeah. some guys aren't practice players. Some guys aren't preseason players. Well, some guys players. have been in the league quietly 7, 8, 10 years and, and they know how to they know what they have to do. And you know when when the Warriors were able to get Jarebko, I said to you at the time, I said, "You know, I think that's a pretty good fit." Right. And then we both watched it and we were kind of going back and well, forth the pre-season, during the preseason. I, said, we're like, I, 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 I don't, don't know, know how he's going to help. I said, I, I don't know that he's. I don't, you know, because he he didn't he didn't do much in the preseason. He kind of looked a little bit lost. But now he looks like the player they wanted Caspi to be, knocking down threes, maybe a little hustling. more of an inside. Able to guard bigs a little bit and better. I think but. he's better around the basket in terms of rebounding and, and just little hustle plays here and there. So I actually think he's going to be a pretty useful piece he for, may, for, he, this time, for this team because he's somebody that's been in 
some big games. Yeah, I mean, he's played for Boston. He's been in some yeah. big games, so I don't think you're going to hesitate if you have to put him out there for a five-minute stretch. Yeah, I think you're right. In a playoff game or a, or a conference finals game or a finals game even. Yeah, I think you're right about that. All right, let's, uh, let's hear from Steve Kerr, the Golden State Warriors coach. He's going to start out by uh, addressing the Clay Thompson situation. He just told me he was fine. He said he could have gone back in the game. It was taking him out for uh, precautionary reasons. 40 assists, the big number for you tonight. Did we get to 40? 35. 35. We had 40 rebounds. 35 assists. 35 assists. Nice work. Now, that looked like, that looked like our team, just the, the, uh, the purpose of each possession um, you know, just driving and kicking and trying to get guys better shots um, and playing together. It was uh, so it was a good night. It looked like too that the uh, the three point shots were up and the fouling was down. Um, yeah. I know you really would talk about the fouls, but uh, what was your take on those two things? Uh, the main thing was the fouls. Um, you know, part of the reason we don't want to foul is so we can get out and transition and run, and that's where a lot of our threes come into play. Um, so I think they go hand in hand. Um, I thought, uh, for the most part, we did a really good job of defending without fouling and keeping the game flowing and, and getting out into the open court. Steve, how, how much did Damien's kind of his dunks and getting getting rolling there um, spark you guys? It's great. You know, so this is why uh, you know we have to have. Damien, because you think of the past week, Stephen Adams, Gobert, uh, Jokic, and and now Aiton, um, you have to have that kind of size to deal with the position. <clears throat> now there will be smaller matchups as well, but uh, I thought he passed this week's test with flying colors. He's doing really well. How do you see the uh, the enthusiasm of the guys trying to set Damien up for lobs, having any kind of trickle down effect? Yeah, I mean it's a fun, he's a fun guy to, to play with because of that, and um, you know it's it's great to have him in the starting group because that's when we have the most shooting out on the floor, and then he gives us that vertical space threat that uh, that makes it tougher to guard. And um, so I think the guys really enjoy playing with him and. Uh, I thought he was he was better tonight. He still can get better uh, defending without fouling, um, because what he's got to understand is he's so physically imposing that um, he doesn't have to foul. Just make people shoot over the top of you. They're already afraid of you, so don't let them off the hook. All right, that's Steve Kerr talking about tonight's win, a 123-103 win for the Golden State Warriors over the Phoenix Suns. They're now 3-1. and one. They play Washington here at Oracle Arena on Wednesday. And we were we were talking a little – you want to jump in and say something? No, just about Damian sure, Jones. Sure. I mean, passing the test with, with flying colors the, the first week. And, and, and I thought you know, Steve Kerr said it perfectly – this is exactly why the Warriors need Damian Jones. They need that type of player. They need a player with that body. And I know DeMarcus Cousins is going to come back, and he's going to play a lot of minutes. But Damian Jones is, in some ways, he's almost the future JaVale McGee, Zaza Pachulia, and maybe Andrew Bogan mm. in a lot of different ways because he's really the first young full-blown center that the Warriors have, have been able to develop. Yeah, and, I mean, let's let's be honest. 
this thing's not going to last forever. They've got some players who are key, who are 30 or older. Who knows what Damian Jones is going to turn into three or four years down the line as, you know, Curry and Durant and Draymond and, and Clay Thompson uh, get older. Is he is he solely a role player? Is he is he a legitimate starter? Can he play 35 minutes a game? I'm talking down the line here. Uh, it's going to be kind of fun to, uh, to find that out. Now, I talked to you about Jacob Evans, and I want to see him. We're seeing Damian Jones come into his own. I guess my question is, what took so long? What What, what do you think's different that's allowing him, not at Santa Cruz, on the NBA stage to be a factor? Like, where was this? Was it? Do you think it's mental? Well, I think he he's not. He wasn't as good as McGee. wasn't as good as as Bogut. He probably didn't do nearly the dirty work that Zaza did. And you know the thing, the thing that. I think is interesting is we're talking about uh, Jacob Evans. Well, this this was Jacob Evans three years ago. Yes. He was a late draft pick. Oh, the Warriors got a center. Maybe he can. Well, now it's three years later, and you're like, you know what? This guy's developed. That's what they hope to do with – when. and I've been saying this, J.D., I just – when you're the Warriors, and you may well be one of the best teams in basketball history, you're a late first-round draft pick. You ain't going to play unless something, unless you're off the charts. I mean, even Draymond Green, he he, yeah. he arrived on the scene, but not when the Warriors were the Warriors they are now. It was before they were good. Yeah, he helped them get to that point exactly. because he was exactly. because he started to play and changed his body and and continued to improve. I, I think you're right as far as Damian Jones goes, the the comparison to Jacob Evans. I think Patrick McCaw is another one. I mean, Patrick McCaw wasn't exactly playing immediately you know, when he came in. Now, he wound up being a useful player even his rookie year to the point where he was – you know, in the NBA Finals, in the clinching game, in this building, and, and making an impact as a playmaker and a shooter and, and everything else. So I, I think you know, we always think that guys are going to come in and just contribute immediately. Exactly, yeah. And I think I just go back to the summertime, and that was the thought. Well, Jacob Evans, all the conversation yeah. around Jacob Evans, he's going to be able to play. He's going to be able to come right in. You know, I think Bob Myers even said, we think we got a guy that can play immediately. Well, you know what? It doesn't always work out that way, but the Warriors are in a rare position where it doesn't have to work out that way. Yeah, and and it's too early to make a judgment on them. And, and we we reference this a lot, JD, uh, when we interviewed Travis Schlenk back in the day after Damian Jones's rookie year where he didn't play. He said. Hopefully, Damian Jones will be able to play 12, 15 minutes a game last year, right. which he did not. He didn't. In fact, I, I, I'll never forget Steve Kerr very early in the preseason last year. I can't remember if it was before or after the China trip, but he basically said he's going to be in Santa Cruz exclusively right. because he needs to play. He's not even going to be up with the team regularly. Right. Well, just, and, and maybe that speaks to Guru's confidence. I mean – he got confidence in Santa Cruz. He pro- he probably didn't get it at practice He's with the Warriors. He's playing with it now. He's playing with it now. And, you know, not to focus on who's not here out of sight, out of mind, 
after the first game, you were like, where's McCall? He's wasting an opportunity. He's missing out. The team misses him. Now, all of a sudden, Jarebko's playing, and he's playing good. Damian Jones. My point is, at some, at, at some juncture, the doors are going to close on Patrick McCall, and we're gonna, he's going to look back on this these five games, ten games, and say, I missed a hell of an opportunity to insert myself in the Warriors' rotation now and into the future. Well, here's the one thing that I found out, and I'm not saying that uh, most people didn't know it already. Nobody knows what's going on. Yeah. I don't think anybody really knows what's going on. I don't think I don't oh, think his teammates wow. really know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure McCaw has really communicated to anybody what the specific issue is. I may be wrong, but you know, after what's going on with McCaw, I don't know. I don't know. We don't. Nobody knows. No, nobody knows. And I do think wow. that the door is still open. I do too, no because the Warriors still need to fill that position. It's not like any of any you know McKinney or. Or anybody, uh, he got on Jacob the floor Evans. It's not. It's, well, he had to yeah. because Livingston was down, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. Anytime Livingston right. and Iguodala aren't playing, McKinney has to play because there's no other way around it. And the one thing we've seen with Steve Kerr the first couple of games is when when Livingston was active and Iguodala, they, when those guys were active, you can juggle it with Quinn Cook and whoever's playing maybe the four. You can figure out a way to not play McKinney more than maybe two minutes or, or at all. But the reality is that position is still open. Mm. And and I said this to you, Matt, uh, last week. I think the Warriors, and they kept the roster spot open for McCaw. They have a roster spot open, but they also have another roster spot that can become open because McKinney's deal is non-guaranteed until January. So I think whether it's one of those roster spots that can be open, the one that's just open, open, or the one with McKinney, I think we're going to see this be a year where the Warriors – at somebody either yeah. in the buyout market for a playoff run, or maybe even they make a trade for somebody. I, I don't. I don't think that's out of the question at all, because I, I do think if you look at this roster, uh, could they win a title? Of course they could win a title, but boy, it'd be nice to have another body back there, even if it were McCaw. And they can. They have a luxury of being able to let the whole season play out and figure out exactly what the specific need is. Once they get Cousins back, once they figure out some of the guard rotation, they are in a spot where they can hone in on exactly the specific need and try and get that guy that can help put them over the top. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, that's going to do it for Warriors wrap-up. The Warriors win tonight, 123-103 over the Phoenix Suns. Next ball game is Wednesday against the Washington Wizards here at Oracle. The Wizards beat the Blazers tonight, 125-124 in Portland. And I joked with J.D., that means Washington's going to come in and feel like they're playing with house money on Wednesday. <laughs> well, and it's twofold because they play at Sacramento yeah. Friday, so you know you can get that one on the back end. Exactly. All right, that's going to do it for Darrell the Guru Johnson, John Dickinson, the great Tim Jordan, Lucas Alexander, Alex Scott, thank you so much. Remember to tune in tomorrow at 1030 for the play of the game, your chance to win $100. Have a good night, everybody. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.